At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And I'm Kristen. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Castle Rock. Today we'll be covering the ninth episode from Castle Rock titled Henry Deaver. But first, welcome Kristen. <laughs> we are so excited that you joined us today. I'm, I'm super stoked to hear what you have to say about this episode. Me too, because I still I'm still trying to work it out. Say <laughs> <laughs> this is a great episode to have an extra guest because it's like, okay, what the heck is all going on in this show? That was my thought as well. I was like, you know, if anything, having a third person help us talk this out and fig- and you know just figure out what the hell we watched and what this week's episode was all about um, will certainly help. So. Um, I'm certainly, certainly excited and I'm ready to jump in. Um, for those of you that don't know, Kristen, would you like to just introduce yourself for folks who may not know who you are or why, why we should know you? Well, you should know me because I'm pretty great to know. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like long yes. walks on the beach. I'm a Scorpio. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I, I own a had... bed and breakfast that you can visit anytime you like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> promise I won't chop you up and serve you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I um, ha- I got my, uh, I am a part of the Podcastica family. And uh, right now I have a lost podcast that I do with uh, my friend Ben Beck uh, that we do uh, called We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, where we're doing a, a rewatch. Uh, and uh, we are about to get started back with our Game of Thrones podcast, which has been on hold for quite quite a long while. Um, and that is actually uh, going to be called House Podcastica. So that will be starting up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm excited for that we to get are, back on. Yes, we are very know. excited for that to be back on. You are so great. I mean, great on law. I mean, you're great on everything. Lost. I mean, I'm a huge fan of that. You're great on that and your your thoughts and your perspectives, you and Ben, and your your back and forth. And then, I mean, your knowledge and your insight on Game of Thrones is like astounding. So oh, I encourage you. everyone when that comes back to definitely check that out. So we'll be kicking awesome. it back off with the Red Wedding. So, you know, Ooh. What well, a good one to jump off with. Turn on an upper. Yay! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> Who doesn't love a wedding, right? <laughs> right. That's awesome. Well, we're super excited to have you. So since Kristen is joining us this week, uh, we're going to do a top three instead of a top five so we can all get to our points. And uh, we're going to let Kristen start this week. So Great. Kristen, you want to start us off with your... <laughs> <laughs> with your number three, if you want. <laughs> um, sure. So I um, 
I have a lot of just notes. Um, I was struggling a lot with kind of like a top three of what to do. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I had one specific one and may, it, it's kind of like my number one because it's like the one thought that I had walking away from this episode. And that's just where Warden Lacey fits into this whole story. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I hate to like, jump all the way to the end with, you know, the whole episode. And that's why I wanted to keep it at, at number one, but it, it's really like, like everything else is really random. Um, and it's, it's like kind of like that elephant in the room because I feel like the anchor of this entire arc so far has been, um, Henry Devers and Matthew Deaver. And the fact that Lacey is somehow thrown into this. We haven't seen much of him. Um, you know, he kept other Henry Deaver, kid Henry, you can't even say kid Henry Deaver. Like, I don't know how to distinct the two of them. Um, you know, so can we talk about how we're going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and just for like my own notes and I mean, I'm okay. However, you know, if we have a consensus, I have, and it makes no damn sense how I'm doing it, but I've been saying like Bill, Henry Deaver and Andre Henry Deaver. Mm. That's how I've been. That's A and B. <laughs> yeah. A and B, A Henry, B Henry. If you want to do that route, that's what I've done in my own notes to keep them, the Henry Deavers straight. Bill Skarsgård, Henry Deaver and Andre, um, Oh shoot! What's his name? Andre um, Holland is playing. When you H- also, Holland, you thank can, you. You can kind of split them up too by biological Henry Deaver and then adopted Henry Deaver too. True. Kind of had those uh, ties to the Deaver family that way. That's also A and B. See, I went super. <laughs> I went super non like non politically correct, and I put B, B Henry Deaver as Black Henry Deaver. <laughs> Because I really honestly, <laughs> writing my notes, I didn't know how else to do it. <laughs> I just needed to be quick. I've seen that too. I saw that online. And I've also seen folks um, calling um, Andre Holland's Henry Deaver prime, prime Henry, because he's like the the one that we've known all this mm. time. He's like the prime Henry Deaver. Um, I don't know what they were calling Bill Skarsgård's Henry Deaver. So I don't know. We do need to f- somehow figure out how we want to do that, I guess, so we know who we're talking about. I am I think folks will be able to follow along, though, however you want to say that, however you're wanting to present the well, Henrys. We, we we'll could know. just say A. Henry as the Henry that we saw first and B. Henry okay. as kid Henry. I don't the, know. The new, the new Henry. The new, new Henry. Henry. Yeah. <laughs> Shiny. I heard Henry. someone also call him Dr. Um, Dr. Henry or Dr. The Kid, something like Dr. that. Someone Henry. Was, mm. Yeah. That's cute. Oh, Henry. yeah. Lawyer Henry, Dr. Henry. There you go. Yeah. Wow. They they were really underachievers, those Deaver boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as long as you can keep them from being kidnapped by an adult male, <laughs> <laughs> they can be pretty successful. We should be okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so um, it, it's just interesting to me that Lacey is the one that kept – uh, Dr. Henry in in the cage for all that time um, when it was Matthew Deaver that kept uh, original Henry in in that universe. So 
I just, I don't understand. Like, we've hardly seen Warden Lacey. Uh, he's narrated mm-hmm. some of this story. He was dead in the first episode. And now all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm stuck with this huge loose end that I don't know how, that it has to get resolved. Like, we've, we've been saying that we need Terry O'Quinn in the show, like, the whole time. Like, that's been popping up. And I just, it, I, I don't know if maybe you guys have a feeling, but there's, like, this feeling in me that we're going to get a lot of him in the finale. Or at least an answer. Well, I think that I I think you're well, and I hope you're right. I won't say I think you're right. I I hope because I don't know what in the world and how they're even going to try and wrap up. We have one more episode in the finale. I don't know how in the world they're going to do this, but I have the same questions. I have it in um, part of my number two because talking about these mirrored worlds and the differences. So something that was similar is, you know, Matthew Deaver commits suicide and that's how um, uh, A. Henry is is discovered in the basement when B. Henry goes down to fix the um, fix the lights in that mm-hmm. fuse. Um, Warden Lacey also commits suicide, and that's how the kid, the B. Henry Deaver, is discovered um, by his, his committing suicide. So we've got both of these men who have kept both versions of Henry or both Henry's captive. They both killed themselves. Matthew Deaver, he did, he wasn't, he died in the world that we know. And I mean, I'm just going to say like the main timeline, because that's what we've been familiar with up until this episode. So I, I see it as the main timeline. Um, you know, he died when Henry was small, uh, before he was discovered, he, he fell off that cliff and died uh, right before Henry comes back. Warden Lacey, where was he in this world or where was he in, in this other world and who was he? Um, because there, we see some, some of these same folks and these same people, they have the same name, but some of them have different roles. Mm-hmm. Like we saw Zaleski, he's not a prison guard. He was a cop mm-hmm. and his attitude was different. Like he was, you know, he's like the sheriff's right hand guy. He's, he seems more, I won't say cheerful, but he seems a lot like the weight of the world isn't on him. Like it is in, like we knew him before the shooting. He didn't seem as depressed and about the world around him and the things that he witnesses. So it makes me, well, who, where, who was, where was Warden Lacey during all of this in the new timeline? Who was he? Well, that that's interesting that you say that because, and this is me putting a tinfoil hat on, but Lacey didn't show up until after Matthew Deaver died, correct? Yes, I think so. Yes, because he, Henry was discovered. Pangborn found him out on Castle Lake. We didn't know it at the time, but the other Henry Deaver was there as well. He's wandering around for days on end. Warden Lacey finds him and captures him. That's when he comes, as far as we know, in, into the picture. Now, I guess he's mm. there. I mean, he is Warden Lacey, but... But was he the warden at that time? I guess I guess here's my point, is that, is that um, Molly has admitted to killing Matthew Deaver in, in the main timeline uh, then, when Henry was gone and she said, you know, I looked down and they were your hands. They weren't my hands. And, you know, she, she kills him. And then a couple of days later, cause, cause, uh, B Henry says, you know, I wandered in, in the woods for days. And then mm-hmm. Warden Lacey was the one that found him. So Matthew Deaver in the, uh, in, um, in B Henry's timeline is the one that kept, uh, a Henry, and then in this timeline, all of a sudden, Matthew Deaver's dead. But here's this Warden Lacey who isn't in the other timeline at all. 
but now he's keeping uh uh B Henry. So it's almost like in the timeline we know Warden Lacey had some type of when he found the the kid um which is the adult Henry Deaver that was basically kidnapped he had like a purpose at that point so maybe in this new timeline he's done like all the other wardens at Shawshank and committed suicide at the prison earlier and that's this feels very like butterfly effect type of situation here because you're talking about yes. the the main prison guard from our timeline we know he's kind of like the sheriff's right hand man well how did he get to that point well pangborn's no longer in castle rock so somebody else has taken that sheriff mantle which gave him that opportunity to become that right hand man of that sheriff where he may not have had that opportunity in the timeline we know and really all this predicates on the Henry Deaver we know as a kid somehow breaking into this timeline and kind of screwing everything up because he's the one that brings older Henry Deaver, Dr. Henry Deaver into the, the timeline we know and mess it up. Like this is, this is how you get stuff confusing. Like you're talking about, you do a lost podcast, you introduce time travel and alternate dimensions in the same sentence. And now you've got a cluster of possibilities of, you know, this is where the next episode, they can do anything they want. It's like, okay, I guess that makes sense because of time travel. Yeah, we we went there now. So, but you know how, but do you think that it was young Henry at that time, whenever he, he does break through back into his own time and all of a sudden we have the, the new Henry, the B Henry has crossed over. Do you think, I think Molly had something to do with that, that there was a push or something. I, I don't know what it was and what, or what broke through or what allowed that breakthrough. Cause it seemed like they were kind of stuck. They were in this flux, mm, right? I did you know, know kind of between like the bridge uh, and, and yeah. like young Molly in the timeline we know, cause she connected with him, you know, she, cause she seemed closerly closer, uh, to young Henry that we knew in our timeline compared to the older Henry. Cause like when he showed up, they didn't really recognize each other and anything like that. But when lawyer Henry shows up, like she's like hiding behind the car, you know, she's talking about all these other things that she's got like a connection with him. So it seems like those two have a tighter connection than, than this new timeline of Molly and them. So maybe she could bridge them into this alternate timeline without actually being there. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So wait, you think that um, you think that Molly has a closer relationship with a Henry? Yeah, I would say so, or at least a. Yeah, I would say so. I think even the on, Molly that we know, yeah, anyway, the Molly we know and the Henry we know, I think have a stronger connection than this alternate timeline Molly and Henry. Huh? I would have said the exact opposite, only because she avoided a Henry for so long. I guess I say mm-hmm. stronger relationship. I think she has more infatuation with okay. the Henry we know. So, and and all of that is based on her mental connection, not a connection in the sense of like, oh, we're friends, kind of thing. I see. Okay. So, because yeah. like with the other Henry, when he shows up and they talk, like she didn't recognize him. He recognized her more, and it was just kind of like, oh yeah, you're the kid across the street that you know we used to flash flashlights at each other. Whereas the other one, she was like, oh my gosh, like you know whenever you did things in your bedroom, like I felt them myself with like fireworks and all this other stuff. (laughs) 
Yeah, that this this the the whole thing with the connection is very strange. You know, we were getting she was seeing after she touched um young Henry, A Henry in um oh where were they? At, were they at the cop station after that fire? And she touch she touches his hand and then that's when she can then see um all that he's talking about and then she's like oh he's he this is what's really happening to him and that's why he can't really communicate and this is you know this is why we have to help him we need to get him back where he belongs um and you see she sees herself as a young girl going to the house and unplugging Matthew Deaver and it makes mm-hmm. me think that because she told Henry in earlier episodes, she's like, you know, you were with me. It wasn't, I looked at my hands, but they were your hands. So I'm like, well, so we're seeing this happen and we see where Henry was now because we've been wondering this whole time where he, where he's been, what happened to him? Where was he these 11 days? He didn't seem to, I don't know. I'm just not sure where that connection came from and what she meant by that. Now I feel like I'm kind of confused by that statement because I don't know. It, it didn't seem like he had any connection with anyone from the original timeline because his, his, his father died before he was found. Well, and the right? thing with so, this too, if all this is true, if, if the story that uh, Dr. Henry Deaver's telling Molly in our current timeline, if he's not lying, if he's not trying to, you know, send her on a wild goose chase, Anytime anybody's ever said anything where Henry did something, like we don't really know which one it is because Matthew Deaver says Henry did this. Well, was it the Henry we know that pushed him or the this Henry? Because that's true. He's still out in the woods somewhere at that point. Because they, I actually I might be wrong. Did they find Matthew after they found Henry or before? They found. I believe it was. I don't remember if they. And if they did, I, it was over my head. But I know that they said that they found Matthew Deaver. This was while Henry was missing. He was with his father in the woods. They were out there trying to hear that voice of God. Then when he kept dragging dragging him out mm. there, um, Henry, they go out. They go out for them. They find Matthew Deaver, um, and he survives. Th- I think three days. Isn't that what they said? He survives three days, and Henry was missing eleven days. Now, so, now yeah, that's so- not the time frame he was in, in the other timeline, it was like 27 years, mm-hmm. but it was 11 days in the original timeline. Um, so that's, that's where I'm kind of like, you know, yeah, well, which Henry was it that she was feeling maybe, um, because neither Henry seemed to really have much love for their father. Now the original Henry though, a Henry is like, he just doesn't have any memories of it. And he doesn't remember when he came back because his father was dead. He doesn't remember how abusive he was or, you know, the type of person that his, that his dad was. So when Molly tells him that, he looks very horrified. Like, why would I want my father dead? Why are you saying things like that? Um, so I don't know. I think that's that's interesting as well when she says, I'm not, I don't think she's lying. I just think I don't quite know what to do with that. Well, see, now. and that's crazy because... Because when he, when A. Henry goes over into Dr. Henry's um, timeline, you know, on the, on the tapes that he's listening to, um, Matthew Deaver is talking about how uh, A. Henry knew everything, stuff that had happened that there's no way he could have learned any other way but by being his son. But right. then he's, he goes back over to the timeline that he was supposed to be in, and it, it's like he got reset, mm-hmm. right? And he has no memories before that moment that he appeared on the ice. So, you know, let's say 
and and maybe I'm jumping ahead because my number three is Warden Lacey, and somehow we got here, but that's okay. Um, so if he jumps over, if if Doctor Henry ever gets back to his timeline, does that mean that he loses all his memories of 27 years? Like that's it? Well, maybe his yeah. wife is pregnant, and he just gets to live his pregnant life with his wife. We'll throw another yeah. wild card in there. What if the Henry Deaver that we know that got back that doesn't have any memories isn't the same one that went into Dr. Henry Deaver's? You know, what if when they're going through this little time loop, there's the Henry Deaver from some other place that gets sucked in? Because he doesn't remember anything when he gets there. So it could be a completely different or it could be a, a like some type of uh, evil thing that's sucked onto the Henry Deaver we know and is trying to pass through this. And then oh, Sean. There's so, so many like possibilities. The so like the 27 years thing in this little bubble is what you're talking about. Like, so A. Henry goes through and he gets the, the little demon for 27 years. And then he goes back and he doesn't have it anymore. But B. Henry, Dr. Henry goes through the same little bubble. And so the demon's like, yeah, woo, me too. And he latches <laughs> onto him. And so it's like the demon's getting like switched back and forth, you know. For every twenty seven I mean, years before he goes back to Derry, Maine to go to go oh, you know, get some other kids. Yes. Sorry. This is what this is what Pennywise does when he's on vacation for twenty seven years. That's what I'm years. saying, right? Exactly. He's he ain't hibernating, he's just off playing somewhere else. <laughs> I've been saying this for weeks. <laughs> but that's Bill Skarsgard is not a mistake. <laughs> I mean, they could legit do anything in this next episode coming up and it could kinda make sense and you'd be okay with it. Like they could take well, us in so many directions in the next fifty minutes of TV. Yep. Yeah, we, we've definitely crossed from the supernatural to the science fiction, and and we've went there now with this episode. So I think that you know I I think anything is kind of possible right now. Is 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 I've, I've tried to tiptoe around. I have talked about it, but tried to tiptoe around what we're seeing now because it's it's something I have been theorizing a little bit about these alternate either dimensions or timelines or universe or something happening. And now it's here. And, you know, I, I thought, oh, if you say that, people are going to think you're nuts. But, um, you know, hey, it's happened and we're here. And so we have to talk about it and we're all going to be nuts together. Um, I like that. Did, I know we kind of got off on something completely else there, Kristen, with your number three, most about Warden Lacey. Did you have anything else that you wanted to say about Warden Lacey in general no, or anything just, about your number three? No, I just hope that the Warden Lacey question is answered, really. I, me too. I have tons of questions. Like why, like how did he, so B. Henry's talking about, he's wandering all out in the woods. I mean, and is he lost because, I mean, he's got to kind of know the area because I know he hasn't been there since he was a kid. Cause he talks about, you know, him and his mom moved out and they were in Boston. So he hasn't seen his dad since he was like a Henry's age, like 11, 12 years old. Um, but he grew up in Castle Rock. He had to grown up around that area. Why was he just wandering in the woods? Was he kind of caught? I mean, he's, I he's he in said, the world, but can he not get the hell out, get back to the road and... I think he said he was trying to get back to his own reality. Mm-hmm. I think he knew that he had jumped through some sort of a portal. Which is kind right. of nice that they gave him that knowledge. Because if, if you go from like, you know, midnight to like eight in the morning and the sun just yeah. all of a sudden starts shining, like, you know, something screwed up, like <laughs> yeah. something weird happened. 
It's not climate change. Exactly. Yeah, no, <laughs> not yet. But <laughs> but yeah, but then so how did Warden Lacey then come to be out in the woods to find him? Because he doesn't act like he's wandered out into a road or to someone's house or anything like that. He he. The way I took it was that Warden Lacey found him in the woods. What drew Warden Lacey to the woods? We know Matthew Deaver's going out there and acting like a nut. We knew Odin was also going out there and he knew Matthew Deaver and knew what he was trying to do. Was Warden Lacey in on this too? Was he out there? Because he, t- he talks about, you know, I heard the voice. It was the voice of God. And this is what, and it told me about the devil and the devil well, was a boy and don't ever let him out of the cage. Which is exactly what Matthew Deaver said about a Henry in mm-hmm. in the other timeline, which is why this is this sounds so insane, but let's Matthew go there. Deaver might be Warden Lacey. I, I don't know. There, if if Lacey wasn't a part of any of this until after Matthew Deaver died, I don't see the connection between the two of them. They were never a threesome. Mm. It was always Alan and Matthew. Lacey was never a part of that narrative. And he's not in the other timeline. So This sounds crazy. I sound like a crazy person. I think it makes sense. Well, it, it, well, it doesn't make any less sense than anything else we've been talking about in this whole episode in of itself with different timelines and such. So hmm. I don't know. I we'll like see. that idea. But I, mean, but, I mean, it is weird because, I mean, Pangborn pulled over Lacey with the kid in his trunk be Henry the kid and he was taking him off to Shawshank to cage him up and Pangborn did not know this kid because he was in the other timeline you know Pangborn pretty much raised him in his own in the alternate timeline I'm gonna call it the alternate timeline um and he knew who he was. But in this timeline, this main timeline that we're so familiar with and that we've come to know, he doesn't know him. But he knew Lacey and talked to Lacey and communicated with Lacey. Um, but we don't know him in that alternate timeline. Who is he? And he hasn't been brought up. I feel like there's this connection between, like like you were saying, Kristen, between Deaver and Pangborn and Lacey. But we haven't seen Lacey mm-hmm. in this one. And it's kind of like, you know, Bruce Wayne and Batman are never in the same room together. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It it doesn't make any less sense to me than anything else with this show. So I don't think anything is crazy at this point. So, but I like it. I like it. Well, what about you guys? What, what, Sean, what, yeah, what do you have for your number three? Uh, I mean, we're kind of, I mean, like with this episode, there was so much stuff that happened. But I had the least amount of things written down because I'm trying to process everything as I'm watching it, and uh-huh. so we talked a little bit about uh, a little bit about it. But it's just the alternate dimensions that we've seen. So we kind of touched on it a little bit, but like in this new alternate dimension, Miss Deaver for some reason decides to leave with Pangborn. You know, that's we saw that in our timeline where he begged her to leave, and she said, "Well, I can't because of my son." In this new timeline, she seems to have no worries whatsoever about leaving her husband. Now, is that because these events of 1991 hadn't happened yet? I'm not, I'm not real sure. We don't know the full timeline of when 1991 happened in this new timeline. You know, because mm-hmm. when, they, when they interacted with each other about, he's like, just leave your husband, come with me. Well, was that like in the 80s or was that after the events of 91? 
again, time travel, oh. all that stuff really throws everything out of whack. But for some reason in this new timeline, she decided to leave. You know, and I, I tried to figure out, I was like, you know, if it was an adopted son, I would think you would be more willing to leave. But if it's actual blood, would you not want to leave as much? So why in this new timeline, since it's actually their son, why would you leave? Um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that or not. I, and, I, and I guess thinking through this a little bit more, all of that would have been pre-91 event because uh, Matthew was still alive. So this would have been before any of this stuff even happened in the timeline we know of. Well, he was alive, though, in the alternate timeline until just before we meet the new Henry Deaver or discover him as a new Henry Deaver. I was under the assumption that it would have happened, um, Ruth Deaver leaving with her son around the same time that the disappearance maybe would have happened in the alternate timeline. He mentions that he hasn't been back to Castle Rock or he hasn't seen his dad since he was a Henry's age that we know to be around 11 or 12, which would have been in 1991. So I, I was under the assumption it was around that same time because wasn't that when, and and it doesn't have to exactly have happened around the same time, but isn't that what we heard Pangborn say before in one of the other episodes that he came to Ruth with a, with a ring and she, she refused. And that that was after, well, clearly he wasn't like proposing to her while Matthew Deaver was still alive, but it was shortly after his death, I believe, that he comes to her with a ring. I would have thought that this would have happened also in the alternate timeline around the, at least around that same kind of time area. Now, it was different events that happened. Clearly, Matthew Deaver is alive, but he says Pangborn convinced my mom to leave. Yeah, just but, as he tried to convince her before. But in both timelines, uh, Matthew would have had to been alive and well, though, because. When he really? fell off the thing, he died, you know, three yeah. days after he was gone, like he disappeared. So the whole Pangborn talking her into leaving, like that would have essentially up to the point that happened in both timelines, everything would have been about the same, except one kid was A. Deaver, the other one was B. Henry, or A. Henry and B. Henry. However, in 1991, that's when... A. Henry went into Dr. Henry's universe, and that's when he was caged in the basement. That was so after he was they left, though, right? Probably living alone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my guess is that that meeting, and this is me thinking out loud, responding to what you said, but what if that meet the meeting that Ruth and Alan had in Alan's office where he said, let's leave. She said yes in that Mm -hmm. universe. Whereas it's kind of like that meeting right there, that conversation, here's one version of it. And here's the other version Mm -hmm. of it, of of what happened. Right. We just don't see it. You know, we see her pack the bag. We know she's packed a bag, but instead of her staying, she actually physically left that time mm-hmm. in the and alternate timeline. That's when the Henry Deavers kind of crossed. Because she had to have, yeah, he, they, they had to have been gone because they, they talk like this, you know, insanity and Matthews, because he, we knew, we saw like some of these issues presented in, in some previous episodes and we saw, you know, when he's out, got us, you know, Ruth and 
I think it was during um, the episode, um, the queen, uh, whenever we were seeing all of that happen with Ruth and we saw them out in the woods during the picnic and he pulls the gun out and she's, you know, like you're not, you know, he's not in his right mind. He doesn't know what he's doing. And we see that this has completely consumed him um, and how he's, you know, you see the the state of the house, you know, it's messy and disheveled mm-hmm. and he's clearly become like a shut in and a hoarder um, in some capacity. And he's just kind of just in not, I guess maybe insane. I don't know, but whatever level there is to that. Um, and it had to be, and he's, you know, trapped, I think in his own world, Ruth is gone. Henry, as he knows, Henry is gone. And then that's when Matthew or when the new, we see the old Henry, the a Henry, um, come to the door we don't see it, but we, we hear it play back in those tapes. So, it had to be after those events. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's starting to click. I'm really so, kind of regretting my margarita consumption tonight. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I just did. I just did 1437, which was the number of tapes that we saw divided uh-huh. by 52 weeks in a year, and 27 is the answer. 27 years. Mm. So that's interesting. Yeah, that that's supposed to be the same time frame. We know that our new Henry Deaver, B. Henry, was trapped for twenty seven years, and I think that is what we were. I think that's what they were trying to tell us. I wonder. Uh, so Matthew did tapes. Uh, Lacey did paintings. I wonder how many paintings there were. If there's some oh, kind of math work like that, so interesting. I don't know was, that if there were fourteen hundred of them, but that well, because I guess it would take longer than a week maybe to paint, depending on mm-hmm. how good you are or whatever. I thought that they said when they when that uh, murderous couple bought the bed and breakfast that there were hundreds was what I heard. Oh, the widow said there was hundreds of paintings. I wonder where they're all at. That's before they discovered the basement. Um, so I guess there were like hundreds. Um, yeah, they said like, yeah, hundreds or over 300 or something like that. Hmm. That's interesting. So from 1991 on, both Henry Devers are in both universes. Yes. Technically, yeah. And and that's why everything was all messed up. So 1991 and 26, is it 2016 or 2018? 2018. Think it's 2018. 2018. Yeah. Um, that's when the ringing starts right or when it it seems to be more present i guess for most so maybe that's when the portal is opened in the woods well and i think that's when we saw in the last episode when our new henry b henry tells our a henry we need to go to the woods because you know it's like running out of time because henry said that a henry said the same thing yeah that's interesting Ooh, yeah. That we need to Nicole. like that's when it opens. That's when this rift and and I've spe- we've speculated speculated on that before why they keep going to the woods and maybe there's like some type of portal out there and that's why they're hearing this and that's why it's so you know um, you know that yes it is the noise factor it's more quiet out there that you can hear it more clearly but there there has to be something out there and and because we talked about that before and I think that's true and maybe it is only open at certain points and that's why it is so loud right now because it's open opening and that's why he needs to go to the woods and that's why yes young henry um in the alternate timeline was like i have to go we have to go we have to go because he kept running yes 
Like he, he's trying to get out of there. He's trying to get out because he knows he's got to get to the woods. Twenty. It's. I don't know how he knows that. If it's just something that's yeah, that he's hearing that we can't hear, because um, he keeps getting that ringing in his in his head. But I mean, that makes sense to me. I think it's like what you were saying earlier. It's one of the things where if if they go into the other timeline and they don't remember anything when they go back to their timeline, they could be in a loop. They could very yeah. easily mm. be going back and forth between our reality we know of 1991 back to the new reality 1991 and just in this vicious cycle, you know, just constantly going back and forth, which I believe is how one of Stephen King's books actually ends. (laughs) Oh gosh. I don't know which one that is. I'm drawing a blank. I could be wrong. Spoiler alert for a couple seconds, I guess, but isn't that how the dark tower works? It there there is some jumping through some different timelines and there there are some things that happen because you mess with the timeline. There are things that are affected, which affects the timelines and can affect a person's mental state. That's for sure. Um, that affects people in the dark tower and they can you know, and especially with this episode, I mean it just it's more and more clear to me how much the dark tower is has influenced this, um, at least the season. I don't know if it'll continue into the next season or not. And that's what, that's where they'll, they'll carry it. But at least with the season, um, I see, I, I've seen sprinkles of it, but now I'm seeing such a heavy influence with this timeline issue and how, how the presence, and this is going, definitely going into some, of, I don't even know what number we're on or where we're at, because I think we're just kind of having a conversation, which I love. We're but just jumping through portals in this episode. <laughs> we're just, we're jumping through those ones and twos and three portals, that's for sure, um, which I'm, wow, wouldn't that be fun, kind of. But I think that the fact, you know, because we talk so much about, is there an evil in Castle Rock? Is there some evil entity there? Is the town cursed or what's happened? But there, there are these timelines and the presence of both of the Henrys in their timelines. They're not in their own. They're in, they're, they're taking up the same space in each other's timelines. And that is why everything is so shit in Castle Rock and why people are affected the way that they're affected. I think that the presence of each Henry being in the other's timeline is what has goofed everything and why people say like they don't feel like themselves, why bad things seem to happen and occur because it can only happen for so long that these two people who don't belong in each other's timelines, you know, and that's how I feel like they're trying to correct it. I felt like we've been on this, you know, one of them was trying to correct it. I felt like the kid somehow or somebody was trying to correct what is happening by getting back to their own timeline. And it's like, we're not even going to know what Castle Rock should be like because it's been affected for so long by them being in each other's timeline. So I feel like that's what's really kind of happening here and not this true, like supernatural evil force um, or devil or anything like that. I don't think there really is a devil in this, like some, some have speculated. What are your thoughts? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be such an interesting podcast because we're all just scratching our heads. So so it's interesting that you say that because I have a lot of notes on Alzheimer's in here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with Alzheimer's, you struggle with reality and you struggle with what is real, what isn't real, what timeline am I in? And we saw a lot of that in the episode, The Queen, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that this kind of brings it 
forth a little bit more of we're confused and we're jumbled. And there's that whole speech at the beginning uh, with Henry Deaver talking about uh, this revolutionary implant that he had to help mm-hmm. with uh, turning the lights back on and and talking about Puck and um, how Puck was confused and he was listless and he, you know, but they put the implant in him and he turned the lights back on. And, and I thought that that was so lovely because it, it goes with the overarching theme of, of kind of the background of this story, which is, you know, what is reality? What, what is time? How does that, and, and, and it, I love that Ruth has Alzheimer's because she may not have Alzheimer's. That's very true. She she may be like actually seeing the reality of this world. The chess pieces may just bring her into this timeline, but she may be in both timelines. If 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 we're, I mean, it, it's possible that that could be revealed just because she wasn't surprised. You, you mentioned it. You touched on it last week, Rima, with Jason. She wasn't surprised to see Doctor Henry Deaver come into the house at all. She mm-hmm. wasn't scared. Um, that whole scene was familiar. So it's possible that Ruth is fully present in both of these timelines, but she's getting really jumbled and it's presenting itself as Alzheimer's. Maybe. I I feel like she does have like she does suffer from Alzheimer's, but I'm not opposed to the thought that she does somehow slip through timelines because she remember when she was and I know I'm gonna fumble this because I don't have it written down but I was just reading about it and and it made me think of when Henry first shows up back in Castle Rock and he finds his mom in the backyard and she kind of almost doesn't know who he is and you can kind of and she doesn't seem surprised to see him like well I was you know yeah, you're here, but it's like, she almost doesn't know who he is. And it's, I feel like, she, you know, she would be like, well, you're not my son. You know, this B Henry is my son. Mm. You know, I feel like she can. Mm. So I don't, I don't, I still think that she does suffer from Alzheimer's and I don't want to take away from that. I feel like it would take away from, um, I don't know. I just don't know if I like that or not, but I, but I still feel like there that she lives close enough to it. I do feel like she plays a more integral part. I don't know if we'll ever really know that. It just, and I feel like there's more to her and the story and what she knows. And maybe she doesn't realize that she knows, um, because of how she gets confused with her disease and maybe this, this timeline thing, I feel like, um, maybe her disease has maybe made her more culpable to that schism and those timelines has it opened something up for her that other folks don't get because they they don't have that they're not dealing with that disease and what it does to you i don't know i'm like i said i'm just kind of really just i'm, I'm like you chris i'm just kind of talking out loud here out trying loud, to work yeah. it out yeah and say so, and the only other thing i really have with the alternate dimension stuff on this too is so i, I kind of feel like this might tie to what you're talking about with Lacey, Kristen. So in this one, we get like the opening of Matthew Deaver talking about his mom. Go, like it's a very dark scene where the mom goes in with a clothes hanger and yeah. basically Oof. tries to suffocate the baby. Successfully does it, but he comes back. Now, That's hard. Yeah. So my question is, 
is this something that's happened in all timelines that we've known, or is this something specific to the timeline where there is no Lacey, or where we think there's no Lacey? Like, did him dying and coming back happen then, and then him dying and coming back maybe something else in the, the timeline we know? Oh, that's interesting. So, like, his death is kind of a part of this as well. Matthew's that death, that is. Yeah, right, right. That is really interesting. See, I, I took that whole scene as this is the reason why Matthew Deaver has uh, brain tumors. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I like but that. I like, yeah, but I, I, I like what Sean just said because that's cool. Yeah. And and the and they've done this multiple times this season already where they talked about like the gunshots. They'd mentioned it like very in passing, like, oh, there were gunshots up at, you know, the Deaver place, and you're like, Oh, okay, well she has Alzheimer's, you know, maybe she had some incident and so that makes sense. But it tied more into like the supernatural thing too, where like maybe the gunshots that they heard back in whatever year it was was the ones actually from the future. So I feel like this was kind of a you know, a breadcrumb that was a little bit too obvious to miss. Again, could be a, a nothing, could just be a like, this is why Matthew Deaver is so messed up, or maybe it's got more meat to it. I like what's where your, you're going with that. What's your number three? <laughs> oh my goodness. What is my number three? We, we've talked, well, and I've already touched on most of it as far as, um, and my number three, because I, because we've been talking or I've been talking a lot about the dark tower and you, you you brought it up there, Sean, was a line from the Dark Tower is go then. There are other worlds than these. And that's why I feel like that ties in so much to this episode. But um, I've already talked a little bit about how I feel that both of the Henrys, you know, you can't have these realities coming together without repercussions. And that's what I feel that has been happening. You know, we keep talking about the bad things that happen in Castle Rock. We see, you know, buses being hit by trains. We see a helicopter crash. There's the shooting at Shawshank. There's this wildfire that's happening. Whether Whatever timeline you're talking about, there are all these horrible things happening. And I think it's because there are, these are coming together and this is what's happening. And people who don't belong in the universe have adverse effects on things and people. It's like this out of place element um, twists the world around you. And, and even though for me, it wasn't a real huge shock that we got this reveal. Um, I think it was executed beautifully. I really like how they, you know, cause this could have been a complete disaster if they hadn't done it so well. And I think that the acting and how they, they put it all together was, was done beautifully. And so, you know, that's, the gist of my number three and we've talked the rest of it out. I had other points, but we've already talked about them. So I'm just, I'm trying to get my brain to stop hurting so I can <laughs> wrap my head around it. I wish I was slightly more sober um, because I feel like I need a more clear head. And I feel like we could probably do a whole other like part two. I feel like, I feel like I want to go before I even watch the finale. I want to go back and rewatch the whole season from one knowing what I know yeah. now yes. and rewatch because how much going back when you look at you know what we know now with this episode and then you think of the queen and B Henry interacting with his mother like that's his mom and and how he interacted with her and how he was trying you know and it made so much sense when he said you know when he told 
uh, B Henry or A Henry, we have to protect her. Mm-hmm. You know, when they found yeah, Pangborn, yeah. that wasn't in the Queen, but you know, it was the next episode when he discovered Pangborn was. He's like, well, we have to protect her. We need to get rid of the body and protect her. And all of it made much more sense. And it just made that scene where he's dancing with her just mm. all the more sweet. But then also sad because she then she stabs him. She <laughs> stabs <laughs> him. He, she's sta- he's stabbed by his own mother. Um, and and that's going into some of my other stuff too. But I, I it just makes me want to go back. I can watch now. I don't know if I will do that because I don't know if it will change my perspective and and what I would maybe originally think on the finale when it airs. But I feel like once this, once this season is over, I'm going to have to go back and do a rewatch and see how knowing now what we know changes what we've seen before. So uh, I don't even know what else to say about my number three or anything else. I feel like I'm going to sleep for about a hundred years after talking about this episode. <laughs> Kristen, what's your number two? Well, my number two is actually about Alzheimer's. So I touched on that a little bit. Um, So I I, I covered my number two, but I did want to ask you a question about your number three because you Mm -hmm. talked about going back. Um, So the episode, what episode was it that Henry went to the house with the piano that fell through? Hmm. Uh, it was like what? I don't remember the title, but it was three? like what? It was yeah, early, it was way. It? it was way back in like episode three or four, somewhere up there. Yeah. So when Henry went into his dad's house and saw just how like dilapidated it was and run down, and then he goes to the into the woods in the backyard and he sees like the broken down, um, padded thing that Odin shoved uh, a Henry into. I had that vibe of Henry going to that house from earlier in the season and going through um, and seeing that kind of same same vibe with that house with, um, you know, because he saw the cage in the backyard of that house um, mm-hmm. and he was wondering kind of how it got there and everything. And uh, it, it just, it was very reminiscent. It, it was just different enough that, it was clearly two different stories, but it was similar enough just in the vibe and the feel. Um, and, and I wonder if we were to watch this episode and then go back episode by episode in the past, one through eight, of how many of those moments along the way does A. Henry have that that Dr. Henry has just in this one episode, watching him kind of go through before he goes through his own portal, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I feel like you could almost reverse, like you could make all of episode nine and probably take it and make it the full season and then condense what we've seen for this full season and make it a different episode nine. In an alternate dimension, that's probably what they've done. But mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, like I said, it's just the oh, the reflection in the mirror kind of situation, like the whole world that's on the other side of that. Yeah, yes. like if they had if they had switched the season and they had, uh, Henry Deaver, uh, a, a Henry be the one that Lacey had or yeah. be the mm-hmm. one that Matthew had. Right. And then we had been following, uh, Dr. Henry this whole time yep. until we get a Henry's story in this episode. So that's, that's, that's yes. an interesting kind of mirror parallel. So. Well, Anyways. and that's exactly what my number two is, is mirrored oh, world. So go for it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we get our new Henry. He's very different than what we've known of him so far in our main timeline, you know, where he's 
he's he's very pale he's very quiet he's very deliberate in his movements he's you know um just and he doesn't speak much and then in this new timeline we see him he's full of life he's joyful joyful he's got this you know great job he's a doctor he's trying to start a family he's had a way different childhood um than the other henry that we know so there's um you know the the mirrored there what who who we know in the prime timeline versus the alternate then when he shows up in castle rock you see how it mirrors very much when um a henry arrived in castle rock and he's walking through town he's carrying his, or he's rolling his suitcase behind him and he's walking to his house we see the same thing in this episode very much mirrors now it's different circumstances because when B. Henry shows up in Castle Rock. It's very different. There are storefronts. There's a festival going on. Mm -hmm. There are people milling about. Generally, when we're seeing shots of Castle Rock in our prime timeline as we know it, it's very, you know, there's no businesses. Molly's talking in several episodes about how they're wanting to revamp and bring economy back to Castle Rock and and redo, you know, downtown and stuff. Um, But here it looks like it's thriving. And, you know, it looks very different. And, and it's weird. He, he's almost looking around like he doesn't recognize it. And maybe it's just because he hasn't been there since he was like 12. And, you know, when you go back to your, if you've ever moved away from your hometown when you were small or something and you kind of look around and maybe that is how you look, maybe, so maybe I'm just, you know, off on that a little bit. Um, another thing that was mirrored was there in the timeline that we know, the main one, there was a dog named Puck, but in the other, there's a cat. Mm. The cat named Puck. Yeah, good cat. Good oh, call. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and then Matthew Deaver did not die in the alternate timeline, but committed suicide out at Castle Lake, which is where he he didn't die at Castle Lake in the prime timeline, but that's where he fell and then later died at home. And then Warden Lacey killed himself uh, at Castle Lake. And again, I had that question: Who or what was Warden Lacey in in uh, B Henry's world? We don't know that yet. I'd love to get more answers. I'm like you, Kristen. I'm kind of stumped on all of that. We had a different Molly. Molly in this new timeline was much more outgoing. Mm-hmm. She was popular. And she's like the mayor now of Castle Rock. Very different that was than... awesome. Isn't that amazing? I loved seeing yeah. her that way and, and seeing her sister as kind of the loser type versus how it was kind of flipped in the timeline that we know. So I really like that because I'm a big fan of Molly. That sister deserved it. <laughs> she, she did. She was not very nice. She was not a very good sister. Um, thinking her sister is just a whack job or whatever. And then, of course, I've already mentioned Officer Zaleski. He definitely had a different attitude. Um, it made me happy because I thought, well, maybe he's still, with, you know, he's in this timeline. He's with his wife and they're still expecting that baby. Mm. And it didn't end up so sad and horrible as we had in our prime timeline that we know where he shot up Shawshank and then in ultimately ended up dying. Um, so it was good to see him, but also he had quite an epic fail there um, at the end when he, I think, potentially shot Molly. So Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> that was kind of he sucky. was shooting in the air every time I saw him. So like, was that some kind of weird, like not him know. actually shooting her, it was something else with this whole thing? Right, but the only gunshot that we heard, because I, I I read about this online too, and I'm not seeing any definitive 
you know, theories or everyone seems pretty confused about where that gunshot come from. And was it Officer Zaleski? We saw him fire in the air. We heard the gunshot. We didn't hear any other gunshots. We saw, yes, that prisoner being chased with the dogs Mm -hmm. um, as they're kind of trapped in the middle. I'm going to call it like all the it seems like all the timelines were kind of merging there that we saw. So we see these prisoners being chased by dogs and they had rifles, but I didn't hear any gunshots. So I don't know if it was like, and this just sounds so crazy when you say it out loud, but like if he shoots up in the air, did it like did it bounce off? A, yeah. Well, did it did, go through a timeline or did it? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Like maybe it went through a timeline and kind of like zipped through kind of like the video game portal kind of situation. Yeah. Or I like what it sounded like you were alluding to. Like maybe it was these other timelines merging together. So where you saw those prisoners being chased, they shot at the prisoners mm-hmm. and it actually shot her because they were kind of molded into this shared they were all kind of sharing it right they'd all kind of like come together like this main point because you saw the girl the girl from 200 years ago the one that matthew deaver was talking about that turned into a cannibal she ate her friends because you know they had no food and they were cut off i thought it was the girl that stabbed her i didn't think that she first initially got shot i thought because you just see the front of Molly and you see her kind of react and then you see blood. I thought the girl went behind her and stabbed her um, initially. That's entirely possible as well. Well, there's, I mean, and I mean, I guess there's room for argument there, but I know a lot of people are pretty convinced in that, that it, she was shot and not stabbed, Where but is Odin and was it Willie? Mm. Yes. Are they in the woods? Odin is well Odin in our prime timeline is dead in the woods but we don't know where Willie is well but not at Henry right a Henry's 1991 timeline that's right so I don't know are there more people in the woods right those two tend to live in the woods Mm -hmm. and they are familiar being out there for sure they they go out there a lot Dr. Henry's screwdriver. Yeah, that screwdriver keeps popping up. You saw it again when Dr. Henry is in the basement with the fuse box. He has that screwdriver and slips it in his pocket. So it's like a time traveling screwdriver. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't it interesting that he knew to grab that screwdriver to pop open the fuse box? Yeah. In a house that he hadn't been in in like 30 years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a good point. Ugh, so much, so much. I I don't even know that that was my turn for the number two. Sean, did you have a number? I think we need to get to your number two. Uh, What did you have? My my number two kind of ties in a little bit, but I feel like we may have seen some of the future Castle Rock seasons. (gasps) So if all all this stuff ties together in that little bubble where they're seeing all these things where you've got the girl with the knife, you've got the girl that was cutting her arm, and then you have the uh, prisoners that were uh, running with that the dogs were chasing them. Mm-hmm. Those potentially could be three Castle Rock seasons that this is how they're all going to mold together. The two girls, that was the same girl. Was it the same? I thought they were different, but I, I guess I could be wrong. I thought... I wrote down I, same girl question mark. Well, that's where I'm at. I thought at first it was a young girl, but you know, I, I watched it again and I still don't know that I could see her face that well, but I thought it was a young Molly that was That's cutting what I herself at first too. Because it did look like that girl, but I think that after a second watch, I think it was the a uh, young Molly. 
Cause the I don't one, know what the hell she was doing out there. Because the one girl looked like she had like a butcher knife, and the other one was mm-hmm. just cutting her arm. It looks like it was something. I don't even know if it was. Was it a knife she was cutting her arm with, or was it something I, just sharp? I don't know that I got a good look at that. It didn't seem to be as big as that big old butcher knife mm-hmm. that girl in the period clothing was wearing. So I don't I don't know, honestly. But when you think like American Horror Story kind of like connected somehow universes like i felt like this could have been the the molding an introduction yeah yeah oh damn sean that's really good you know i wasn't even i was so stuck in this episode with all the the you know this discovery that yes that is henry deaver that we've kind of been teasing about in this connection and what's happening and now we've got this timeline thing i'm so stuck on that and trying to figure that out that it wasn't even <laughs> I wasn't even going there, but I love that, that that could definitely be like a potential storyline for a season two. We know it's going to be an anthology. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that we might hear, I think it's possible that we could hear about characters from season one or, or happenings, things that have happened in this season, um, in season two, just to kind of tie it together. But I know it's supposed to be a completely separate storyline, but it is going to be in Castle Rock. I think that's a really great way to introduce. It'd be kind of cool. I mean, it'd be a way something. to keep all these things kind of tied together, but separate. Well, because they talk about, they've talked all season about all the stuff that happens during, um, or, you know, that's happened in Castle Rock. You know, Jackie Torrance likes to talk about, you know, you know, the murders and all the things that happen. And we hear about them, you know, all the bad things that happen because the devil is loose and that's why he needs to be caged. Um, you know, so maybe it will, you know, one of these other storylines that have happened, like this is just going to be another story that's happened, right? This whole events with the wildfire, yeah. Shawshank, and all that's just going to be another series of bad events that have happened throughout Shawshank. So what about another period of time where some of these bad things happen? We meet the people that it happened to in 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 that, or will it be a whole new timeline? Eh, who knows? Very good. Oh, I like it. Oh, my brain can't handle it. It's too much. So, Kristen, you've been really quiet. Did you have, are you, are you pondering that? Did you have something you wanted to say about that or did you? (laughs) I love what you're saying. No, I, you know what? I was just thinking it would be fun to find out what happened, uh, uh, what Warden Lacey's wife story is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. We didn't get enough of her. I love, I love Frances Conroy. She's a, such a great actress. I mean, if you've seen her in anything, oh God, I hope I got her name right because I was just flying off the seat of my pants. Um, but, you know, she was really great in Six Feet Under. If I've talked about that show before, if you haven't watched it, go back and do that. It's amazing. She was good in the one episode of Grey's Anatomy she was in. Yep. There were so many people in Grey's Anatomy. Every actor I feel like I know mm-hmm. today it was at least in one episode of Grey's Anatomy. 350 episodes you should at least be if you're an actor you should have at least shown up on that episode. pretty that much pretty much i like it okay i love that sean that was really great it's a great number two yeah. so all right well we're down to our number ones Kristen, what do you got baby i have a lot of questions okay um, so I, I basically just, I, I, I put as one of my points, endless questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I figure you guys would probably maybe have a couple of answers for me for like some quick fire ones. Like in the beginning, they're talking about the helicopter crash, the school bus crash, the school bus crash. They're also, they show these kids in hearses that are wearing masks. Mm-hmm. So are 
Does this allude to anything from like other Stephen King stories or is this its own thing of just bad things that happen and why are the kids wearing masks inside the hearse? What kind of mask? I, I think I must have missed that. What kind of mask were they wearing? Because I know like we had the kids that wore the animal construction masks. masks. Like, yeah, like the dust oh, masks. Um, yeah. That was probably from the uh, um, uh, forest fire. That's what Which, I... Both realities have a forest fire. That's right. what I took it as, is they were just covering up because of that. I could be well, wrong, but... Yeah, I was well. I was confused as to what because he's he keeps referring, like you said, he's he's like okay, so bus crash, helicopter crash, and the helicopter's burning, and I, that's what I initially thought when I saw. I was like, oh, are we getting back to the wildfire? Because I kind of asked about that in the other episode. Was like, what happened to the damn wildfire? You know, did it just get put out? We don't. They're not talking about it. Um, so I, that was my first thought. But then it, it it centers in on the helicopter. So I don't know if it's because of the and then they're and they're yes at a funeral. So. My thought was, is this still burning? Can they not put out this helicopter? Like, is the fuel still burning? Is it oh, all the smoke that they can't that they have to wear these masks? Because, like you said, Sean, they were wearing these masks when the wildfire was happening. Um, in 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 our prime timeline, you know, people were wearing it, and you could see, and the air seemed to be the same. Did you notice? I don't know if it was just for the effect to show a different time in Castle Rock, but it was like it looked smoggy it looked like smoke it looked a little red i had like a red tint to it like there was a fire nearby that's that's what i kind of thought but i wasn't real clear on it either it was kind of a half question mark on my end as well all right because i didn't know if maybe that alluded to like some past short story or whatever that maybe i missed out on because you know i i don't i'm not very versed in the stephen king universe so i'm more of a i really fucking love this show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so I, I, while you were talking, I was kind of ticking through these questions and, and we've hit a lot of them, but one of them. So I think we can all agree that, um, that Molly, what, what, what's her name? Lindsay Linsky, Melanie, Melanie Linsky Linsky. Mm -hmm. is incredible. Yes. She's incredible. I've only seen, I've seen her in a bunch of stuff. I I remember her most vividly in the movie Ever After as one of the stepsisters. But I I just freaking love her in this. But um, so she touches Henry in the woods and she enters the bubble. For lack of a better word, I've been calling it the bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they start running and she lets go of him and she's running and she's still in the bubble. Yes. So how does she stay in the bubble? I don't know because our our new Henry B Henry is is all of a sudden in the bubble like he's cuz it's not like um it's moving they're running and he's chasing after them and they're in it but as he's running to catch up to them he doesn't all of a sudden get it's not like it's a fine line like all of a sudden it's here and i know this is visual and people can't see what i'm doing but you know it's not like this fine line or this wall or this definitive portal that you know you just take off running to a certain point and all of a sudden boom you're in it they're in it and he can still see them and he's in his current timeline, but they're caught in somewhere in the middle. And I don't understand how B. Henry gets caught in it because he doesn't. He touches Molly, though, I think when, when she gets shot. I think Molly's a bit of a conduit. That's why I think she yeah. pushed him 
maybe she didn't mean to, but because well, we know Molly has special powers. Our our Henry, he seemed like he was like he could kind of tell where it was, but he didn't enter it until she touched him, right? That's kind of the gist I got. Like they didn't really they kind of entered it together. He was already in it. When I thought they he was in it. Him. Yeah. He, I thought he, he was already looking around. Woods. Yeah, and he was frozen. And then she came up and touched him to say, Hey Henry. Uh, and then she kid. sees it. They called him kid, which was interesting. I know they called him the kid, yeah. Um, so she touched him and then all of a sudden she still has her hand on him and they're both in the bubble and they're both kind of frozen. And then she's and then they go take off running. And then they stop again. And then she gets shot or stabbed or whatever. And she falls to the ground. And Dr. Henry, like, kind of holds her. And she's like, help him, help him. You have to help him. And then the next shot of him is he's still on his knees. And he's still pantomiming holding her. But he's in the snow. And Molly's not there. He's, he's like, cradling He's still in that position, like he's cradling her and right. holding her, but she's no longer there, and he's now in that new... And then, and then he sees Henry run across right. Castle Lake to Alan Pangborn. Mm-hmm. That's why I Which, feel like somehow she, in her, in her need to help young R. Henry... She pushed him to, I don't know, get him there. I don't, I don't know. I feel like she, she somehow played a part in that because of her, her abilities. Her connection to Henry, which do, did her both Henrys. Henry, right? But did her connection to a Henry start in the initial meeting in the little prison holding cell? Did it start in the bubble? Did it start before that? Did they always have a connection? What did she know? I I mean, I could go down this rabbit hole with question after question after question. I know. Just just with Molly. I know. And you know we're not going to get like, but 5% of them. Yeah. <laughs> did anybody else have Molly as their number one? No. Okay. She's kind of scattered throughout. I mean, she deserves to be. And normally I'm always talking about her pretty high in my um, top five when we're normally talking about her. But she's in my notes and in my others, but not my number one specifically. Okay. I was just wondering, but just because she seems... Her and Lacey are two huge question marks. Mm-hmm. So... I agree. I yeah. agree. It's short because I just have questions and not... Well, any thoughts? How about you guys? No, well, don't feel bad. I do that almost. I I would hate to go back and 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 probably frustrate the hell out of people. I would hate to go back and listen to the podcast that uh, that we've done on on the other episodes because my there's almost guaranteed somewhere in my top five it's just going to be nothing but questions. I'm gonna be like, I don't really have too much to say. It's just a bunch of questions, <laughs> and we're just going to talk about it. <laughs> Sean's probably like, damn it, can you put together a cognitive thought, please? Um, no, but he he bears with me, but I want to hear Sean. What's your number one? Uh, my hear what you got. my number one. We've talked a lot about, but it's just that there's two Henrys. Uh, you know, we had talked. Uh, Is know, there? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, wait, is there not? You just blew my mind. Now you got Sean questioning his reality. I'm sorry, I was having fun with you. But but yeah, you got these two guys, and I mean we were trying to figure out who this kid was. And I know early in when we talked about this, we we learned that Molly and the or not Molly, uh um Ruth and them had lost a kid. 
Mm-hmm. And we had talked about, I was like, well, wouldn't it be messed up if the kid who is now Henry B was actually her son somehow? And in a roundabout way, he, he is, you know, because they, they've yeah. lost a kid in this re- one reality, but in this other reality, the kid lived and they named him Henry. Um, but we've kind of touched on a lot of it with the two Henrys. It's just, uh, it was a good, good drop here in this episode, I think, and kind of just raised a lot more questions than answers, but so good. Well, we get so many and we talk about it all the time. We get so many answers, but then also with all those answers springs, all these new questions at the same time, which is what just, I love it so much. So when, um, Ruth looked out the window and she saw Dr. Henry in the episode, the queen. And she said, I could have sworn we buried him in that suit. Mm -hmm. Do you think that was like an infant, there was an infant version of that suit that I, she buried her baby in. Maybe. I heard, I read speculation about that, and I and and while I was completely digging the fact that there could, you know, both of them could be, at, you know, two Henry Devers, um, and that there's obviously some connection between those two. I am still convinced that what we saw in the Queen is what is what. I'm taking it at face value when she, we didn't know it at the time when she first sees the kid and she's like, I thought we buried him in that suit. And then when, when, then we see her perspective in the queen and she's looking out and she's seeing, um, Matthew Deaver. And then we see when he's in the house and they're interacting, she keeps seeing Matthew Deaver. I'm, I'm seeing it as that I'm seeing it as it's, it's her, it's her disease. And, she feels like she's going in these different times, which she does kind of go back in time through her memories. You know, she does, it's not, I don't think a time, a, a true time travel or maybe, and I do think there's a possibility of a timeline slippage maybe that she knows more and that she's questioning some of it because she thinks it's her disease. But I do think she has Alzheimer's and I am taking it face value and I could be completely wrong that she was seeing Matthew. And yeah, that she wasn't referencing. Right. That's just right. my opinion. I, I'm totally open to other theories, and I'm and I'm, I'm I'm open to hearing it. I just don't know if I believe that or not. But I I'm open to everything because I think there's so much open for interpretation in yeah. this. But did you guys happen to catch? So we get in this uh, the this, the cold open, and I I don't want to talk about it too much because it's really depressing. But um, I think it was it made such a strong it was such a strong statement to get in that cold open. What we saw happen to Matthew Deaver as a baby that his what his mother did um, to him and trying to suffocate him with the coat hanger. So he there's a lot of talk and there has been talk a lot throughout with different Bible verses throughout the whole season so far and talking specifically in this episode as well about resurrection. So we have Matthew Deaver that his mother suffocates him and then he's resurrected and he devotes his life to God. Um, and then we know in the prime timeline, our Henry Deaver, a Henry Deaver was adopted by this family because they had a son that was stillborn. But in the alternate timeline, he wasn't stillborn. It's like he was resurrected and he was, you know, he lived. Mm-hmm. So it just it was just kind of interesting. I don't really have anywhere that I'm going with that or any particular <laughs> theories. It was just an observation that I had that was like, oh, that was kind of interesting that we keep talking about resurrection a lot. And we see that he was resurrected. We see that Henry was re- resurrected, our new Henry. 
Dr. Henry was resurrected. He wasn't stillborn. He was actually, you know, he lived and essentially resurrected, um, you know, in a way, I, I don't know. It's just something maybe a little bit too far fetched, but it's kind of out there a little bit. Uh, I think with this, there's nothing yet that anything is far fetched. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally with you on yeah. that one. Yeah, I'm was it like the first one of us to drop the aliens in this and figure out how they're tied into this? <laughs> exactly. I'm sure that they are. Let's bring some X Files um, into it. So I would not be surprised. Um, I did find it very touching on reflection because uh, the queen just keeps coming up, you know, with mm-hmm. watching uh, Dr. Henry cross over into this. But I did think about when I was finished with the episode um, how it had been 27 years since Dr. Henry, who has devoted his entire adult life and career to curing his mother's disease, mm-hmm. he finally gets to see his mom, mm. dance with his mom, cook for his mom, have that relationship with his mom that he probably had as a kid. And he, it seemed like he was really close to her and Alan before that was all torn away from him. Mm-hmm. And then she stabs him. <laughs> I know. And he, for, he, he understands like, it's just the whole thing is so tragically beautiful yes. that it's so hard to think about anything else now when I think about that episode, The Queen. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like I said, it's it's when you get this episode and you, you get this twist and now you're like, oh my God, look at all this other stuff that happened and, and all everything this. Everything is different. <laughs> I know. It just, it completely changes your perspective on everything now, you know, knowing mm-hmm. this new information and going back. That's why I really, and I'm sure I'll probably wait. I don't want to color too much and go too far back, but um, plus I probably just don't have the time to go back and watch <laughs> them, but, um, but I'm definitely going to do a rewatch and just kind of, you know, now that we know what we know and go back and see how that then watching those interactions and you know um which we don't get too much because you know the kid uh our, our our b henry dr henry you know is he's in scenes but he doesn't talk that much mm-hmm. but you know the things that he does say i feel like and the interactions that we get will will be a lot different knowing what we know so i like that sean what's your number one? Oh, that was my number one was that the, was your number one Henry's. yeah okay yeah. i Forgot that we had already now. Oh goodness. Well, mine, mine's going to go a little bit differently. And because I, I, as I mentioned before, I don't really truly believe that there is some evil that's driving things that happen. We've talked about it before and theorized on it. And I wasn't quite sure if that's just what, you know, that was at the time for me, I thought my best theory was that there, maybe the town is cursed or that there is some driving evil, you know, that, that, makes people feel like not themselves. So they do these horrible things like they're, they're killing people and murdering people and stuff. Um, but now I'm kind of, you know, thinking of like what the true evil is. And I've talked about it before about what really scares me in, in not just life, but a scare, when I'm watching a scary movie is like the evil of man and woman that includes woman too, but basically the evil that people can do and, and the things that, that people do to each other. And so it's my takeaway so far that neither of these Henry Deavers that we know are evil. It's both of them are in the same timeline that makes these horrible things happen. As I said, you can't have these realities merging together without repercussions happening. And we've seen that throughout other Stephen King works, including the dark tower. 
I think some of the true evils that we have here are Lacey and Matthew Deaver are true evil people in this whole story. You have them both caging these strangers, these people they don't even know. Um, well, in one sense, it's one's an actual kid. Too. Right. One, one is an, is an actual child. Um, they, they cage them up, assuming that they alone or that they know or can interpret God's will or maybe the devil's will. But the fact that they're like, I hear the voice of God and this is what God's telling me to do. That's what they both have said is that God told them, this is the devil. This is the devil at work. Cage them up and don't let them out. And you're going to save the town. You're going to make it better. That's what Warden Lacey talked about is he wanted the best for this town. And the only best thing to do is to cage this boy. Um, I mean, you think of how this has disrupted their lives in the extreme for both of them. And you think of the events. I mean, this is what makes me so freaking sad. And we talked a little bit about it already in the queen when, you know, we see everything that, that, B. Henry, Dr. Henry has been through and he sees his mother again and she stabs him. Um, and then what, what was my other point on here as far as, oh, uh, as far as like trying to protect him and then how he told a Henry, our Henry, that we have to go to the woods. I waited for you. I waited for you for 27 years. I rescued you from the basement and I didn't ask for any of this. I mean, the Duke, it's, you know, he's he tries to, it starts out, he's trying to help the Henry that we know, a Henry pushes him in his timeline. And then all of a sudden he gets trapped by Lacey, thrown in a cage for 27 years. And he's ranted at by how he's the evil behind everything that happens in this town. And then when he gets out, he's confronted by Pangborn, who he knows in his own timeline as a father figure to him because he, you know, him and his mother left and he was pretty much raised by him, you know, um, in, in Boston until they moved to Florida. So he knows him as a father figure, someone that he trusts. And then in this other timeline, Pangborn is staring right at him in the trunk of Warden Lacey's car and he allows Warden Lacey. So there's someone that he sees that he knows, um, allowing him to be taken off. So that's a betrayal. So that kind of explains when you think of that interaction between them and and you can kind of see that anger and, you know, when, when they're confronting each other in the woods and, and then he, and then when he tells her or tells Pangborn that he can help her, you know, he's like, you know, don't, you know, you don't want to get rid of me. I can help her. How can he help her? He's got his fancy little chip that cures Alzheimer's. That's really good. That's a good call. Oh, I'm dying here. And then there's that point where, um, where is my line? It's in my notes where he tells That's Henry, why he needed the car. That's why. He thought it was in the trunk. Oh, the chip? I bet you he thought that that slipped out of his pocket into the trunk. Oh, did he think he had it on him? Why else would he send, send Pangborn to go get Lacey's car? Maybe. That makes sense. That does. Because there was Pangborn. Oh, here it is. I finally found it. It was stuck in my notes somewhere. I got so many jumbled notes. Uh, So when Henry was setting up the security monitors to help keep an eye on his mom, um, our our Henry in the prime timeline, remember he was setting up all the security monitors and you get the door is open or front door is open. (laughs) He tells Pangborn it's to help keep an eye on his mom because, you know, she's 
wandering around. She's getting out. She's got her Alzheimer's and stuff, and he's trying to help keep an eye on her. And Pangborn says, why not just put a chip in her like a golden retriever? Mm. Foreshadowing. I know. I mean, does it not just like blow your mind? And again, like I said, when he said, I can help her. And it's like, well, that's, you know, you don't know what it means at that point. It's like, well, how can he help her? You think he's got some kind of power within him that he can help her that way, like John Coffey in the Green Mile. But no, it's because he's a doctor and he has invented this cure, as we know it, to cure Alzheimer's and that he can cure his mom. I mean, so Jesus. Good. I mean, <laughs> this show has fucked me up so bad. I just can't even tell you. Yeah, but you, t- you probably touched on a big piece of this puzzle, Rima. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's ramblings of a crazy drunk woman, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my number one. I don't even I know. You're doing fantastic. <laughs> that's all I got. Um, what about notes? Kristen, I saw your notebook. I know you got some notes, woman. You know what? I, I don't really. I mean, we've talked about Did a we talk? Lot. Okay. We've talked a, a lot about what... Um, let me just look through real quick. Um, I So I... I was telling Rima before we started recording, I'm watching 112263 right now mm-hmm. on Hulu. And um, I haven't finished it. I have one more episode. However, the premise that's set up in the very first episode uh, deals with time travel. And there's some elements to it that are here in... Um, in this show, Castle Rock. I don't know. Sean, have you seen 112263? I haven't. It's definitely on my list now that I have Hulu. So, it's, oh, so I kind good. of forgot mm-hmm. about it for a bit. But yeah, I definitely want to check it out. Because there's a lot. Yeah. It's really, really good. But, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's spoiling it because it's in the first episode and it kind of sets up the premise of the story. But um, it it's the idea of there's a portal Right. And you go through the portal and you're in a certain time period and then you come back. And no matter how long you stay there, when you come back, it's only a couple minutes have passed. Mm. And um, and then there's more to it after that. Right. There, there's more rules to this portal. But it's interesting because there are some of those elements that are in this story. And so I'm wondering what if what if anything have they pulled from this story. I mean, it's a totally different type of book. It's not mm-hmm. it's not set anywhere near Maine other than the fact that the main character is from Maine. Um Lisbon, Maine. But um but yeah, it it, it so I I had a lot of those thoughts as I was watching and rewatching this week's episode of cuz I'm also watching at the same time 112263 and I'm like <laughs> this is like the same thing that's happening right now it's but even really though this strange and even though the I stories feel like are different I'm the bubble yeah <laughs> but even though the stories I'm are the different woman with the knife <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, even though, and I haven't, I haven't read, I know I've heard the book is fantastic as well as like what you've told me, Kristen, that the series is really fantastic. So I'm certainly itching, but the little that I know, I knew that there was some time jumping there. I knew that there was some, you know, um, you know, relevance to time 
in that one. And what little I've read about it was that there are also repercussions in that story as well yes, with the, with the, this hopping in like either back and forth or, or, or interfering with the timeline or something that there are consequences to that happening very similar to Castle Rock. So I think that's where the yeah. similarities lie in those two stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so it, they, they deal with time the way that Castle Rock is dealing with time a little bit. Not, I mean, they're both, they're two distinctly different stories, but I did feel, uh, familiar, uh, lost it. And I was like, this is what it must feel like for people that have read everything by Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, wow, look at that. Cause I was like, Hey, I picked up on something. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I and I love we were talking a little bit before we started to record earlier um, that you were drawn into watching Castle Rock and you weren't, you know, a, a you know, known, I guess what you consider to be a Stephen King fan. You had seen a couple of the movies, I think, that you had mentioned, mm-hmm. but you weren't quite it's not like you've read a whole lot of books or a whole lot of movies and you know the entire universe and all the all the different easter eggs and things like that that others might appreciate but I love your perspective because when you start watching Castle Rock you said that it drew you in to the Stephen King fandom so now you've sucked you've been sucked into the rabbit hole with the rest of us so I love that which is yeah I love it I this this show has been really really amazing I mean I'm I love psychological thrillers and I think that this is definitely in that category but I also love just really different and original, fresh storylines. I don't think that there's a lot of that out there anymore. Yeah, all the remakes. This is definitely something where instead of remaking one of Stephen King's stories, they really flipped it and they did something special. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I just think that it's just wonderful. I, well, I love that. And I'm, I, I bet a lot of people listening because we, Sean and I have, have said over and over again that, you know, you don't, and, and they're saying in, in, in press too, in the news and things like that, that you don't have to be a Stephen King fan to appreciate the story. If you're just a fan of the genre, you like something a little bit different, a little bit off, off the, you know, off the normal, um, you know, stomping grounds, then this is a great show. I think for everyone, if you are a Stephen King fan, there are some fun little things for you that make it a little bit more fun, but you don't have to be, it's okay if you don't know all of these little things that, that occur, but it just, you know, so I, I think there's probably a lot of people out there like you that just started enjoying the show or that you were watching it. And now you're like, well, now I got to know more, you know, and it draws you in. I just checked out from uh, our local library. I just checked out needful things. So and yay, needful things right now. That's it's a really good book. There's a lot you're going to really appreciate needful things because how it ties into Castle Rock and just different other things that you're going to pick up on with with the story in general for this season. I'm not going to tell anything, but um, I love that. So I'm going to definitely get your perspective on that. And the movie was pretty good, too. Um, And yay for public libraries. Go support your public library. Just FYI, I'm a big book nerd. So they all have apps. They all have apps with digital libraries. That's right. Support. Don't need to go. I love that. That uh, yeah. How about you guys? Do you have any notes? Yeah, Sean, what do you got for notes? I feel like everything is just like what we talked about before. Is just so many questions. I really hope that this next episode at least ties up some of it. Um, I really don't want to have kind of a. We talked about lost a little bit earlier, but the lost scenario of where there's just open ended questions that never get answered. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of just what I'm really hoping for for the next episode. 
I, I hope, I hope so too. And, and I think that they do a pretty good job. People I know have complained a little bit about the pacing of the series, you know, so far that, that it's been really slow, but I feel like it, 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 well, I'll agree with that. I enjoy the slow pace, but it still feels like it doesn't feel slow because I don't know about you guys. And especially during this episode, I thought, what? It's almost over. How is it already 45 freaking minutes? You know, what the hell? Um, so I feel like they've done a pretty good job about orchestrating that in, in these time frames. I don't know that we'll get 100% of our questions answered because um, they never really are answered. And I don't know that I want it tightly i can't believe i'm gonna say it because i always want everything tied up in a nice little bow for me and i want everything answered all the time but i think i'm okay with it this time but i i do want some of the bigger things like you know the other questions that that kristen and i were kind of hammering about like with the whole warden lacy thing and more about molly and you know things like that um so there's some outstanding things i hope we do get fingers crossed let's wrap it up good guys i do have one question that i'll ask you guys because it's at the very bottom of my notes and I didn't see it till right now. If you, do you think that if Molly were to touch Dr. Henry in the prime timeline, that she would remember everything? Oh shit. I That's, think she has yet to touch him. Yeah. I was just sitting here as you asked that question. I'm like, okay, so I'm trying to go back in her interactions with him. I don't remember that she did touch him. And and when they were in her house, when we got the last episode, when he first reveals to her, and then of course we had the cutoff, um, you know, the woods where you died, it, she didn't touch him. That's the most interaction that they had. And then we didn't see, well, we didn't get them in the, um, the prime timeline. We just got them in the alternate timeline for the most part till the very end. So yeah, you're right. Because well, and maybe I think we kind of have to, because he's asking the question there at the end. You believe me, don't you? Believe me. Mm. I and I hate well, well I was gonna say she touched when she touched a Henry in Dr. Henry's timeline, she remembered. Uh-huh the connection that she had with a Henry and she saw herself disconnecting Henry or Matthew Deaver's air tube, breathing tube. And she saw, she saw what happened. She saw herself and she had those memories. Right. And so, yeah, that's damn it, Kristen. And here, just give me more questions. More questions, more questions. Well, I, just I know. That, that is essentially That's really good. Like the butterf- butterfly effect idea is that like she, now she, if she touches them, she's going to have both of these memories and they're going to exist in the same part of her brains. It's just she's lived two lives essentially and she remembers all of it. That but is, is she going – so it feels like there has to be – with everything that happens around this schism and out in the woods and these timelines, people keep dying. Matthew Deaver died. Molly died. Is she going to die again? Is she going to die in both timelines? If she touches, like you said, Kristen, if she touches our new Henry, Dr. Henry in this prime timeline and she remembers all of the stuff and to get him back to his timeline, will she have to die again? Because she touched a Henry and then she died. Whoa, I didn't even connect that. I don't want her to. So, I love Molly. But, I do too. But it seems like there's a death that keeps happening when the – because – our our young Henry Prime Henry got pushed into this alternate timeline, and Matthew, when Matthew Deaver died, now I know he didn't die there at Castle Lake, but he was pushed, and we still don't know who the hell pushed him. We still don't know did did he push him? We don't know. I mean, he says Matthew did it, or that um, 
that Henry did it, but which Henry, I don't know. Which Henry did it? Was it our well, Henry, Prime Henry? Was Henry it Dr. Henry? Did it as in, is it Henry did it as in he- Henry made it through? That too. Like Henry did it. Like he, he heard it and he like made he it. he did it, yeah. Oh, I he, gotcha. he made it through. Made it through the timeline or made it through this, whatever they think of it as, you know, they, I guess they do kind of see it as other worlds, other, well, I can't think of how Odin said it. I didn't write it down in my notes, but how Odin, other hears or something is how, how other nows or something is how Odin was, was saying it when they were in the woods before he put him, it was in filter was that episode. But I don't know. It feels like there's always a death surrounding that. And does Molly have to die again to get our... Dr. Henry back out into the woods, get them all back out there again and push him through. It's like there has to be a sacrifice involved to make it happen. Man, that's depressing. (laughs) I don't want to think about Molly dying. I I, I love her so much. Um, That's really good. Did you have any other questions? Anything else you no, want to say about no, that, Kristen? No, no, I'm sorry, I stepped okay. on you. You, no, you're you fine. Notes? Well, I have a couple. Of, we've, we've, I've crossed a lot of them out as we've talked about them. Um, just a couple observations, notes, some things that I have. So my first one that I have on here because these are in no particular order, so I'm going to be all over the place, and I apologize in advance. So the actress that played Matthew Deaver's mom, uh, the, the coat hanger mommy, uh, that's Mamie Gummer, and she's Meryl Streep's daughter. Hmm. I don't know if anyone else found that out, but I was reading wow, up and she looks different than she usually looks. Yeah. If you see pictures of her, like, um, you know, made up. Yeah. She, she looks very, very different in, in like outside of this show. Um, I, I looked it up and I thought, oh my goodness, I wouldn't have even known that that was her if you had told me. So I thought that was super cool. Um, I really dug that we got to see Stephen and I don't know. I've, I've tossed this around before what is called in other Stephen, I don't know if this isn't exactly Stephen King works, but in some of his works, there are, there's this thing called a thinny, which is what, a, you know, what you're kind of trapped in as you're passing through these different universes, these different timelines and such that this was like a perfect, what his description in the books is, was brought to life just was so amazing to see that noise that you get the birds. I don't know how much the birds really played effect in, in, in the descriptions, but I loved how you got, got the birds kept overhead. It seemed like this change in timelines when Mm -hmm. you would see the different Mm -hmm. people kind of coming in and out. It seems like they were all kind of merging together at the same time, but there you would see the birds. So that was really freaky because we, we know how I am about birds. Um, but I really love to see that because you, I feel like it was a really good description in the books that was brought to life. I thought they did that beautifully and I loved it. So I had to comment about it. Um, again, I have to question, why did Lacey and Matthew Deaver kill themselves in different timelines? I know there's a lot of questions about there, out there about Warden Lacey and, and, the, and the alternate timeline and who he was. But why, why, why suicide? Why was it suicide that happened in, in these timelines? I don't know if we'll get that or not, but I just thought that was interesting. Um, did anyone else notice? So when our Dr. Henry comes back to Castle Rock and he's in the cab, did anyone else notice his different eye, his eye color was different for each eye? It's like he had one blue eye, one brown eye. Mm-mm. I have no idea if it means anything, but it stood out to me because I had a close up shot of him as he's looking out the window at Castle Rock and looking at the people, looking at the storefronts. And it's very clear um, that he's got two different colored eyes. And I don't think that I saw that before. 
in his other scenes, his his eyes seem very dark. Like, and I know that Bill Skarsgård is wearing contacts for this role. He doesn't have naturally brown eyes, um, but I just thought that that was. I don't know if it means anything. It was just, it was an observation. Um, that's all the notes that I have. Everything else we pretty much talked out already, so I don't have anything else to add. <sighs> anyone have <laughs> I feel I feel like uh, there's been a little bit of a cleansing I feel like I'm still <laughs> so many questions but there's been a little bit of a cleansing that's happened <laughs> talking I actually out. feel better I know. than after discussing this I mean I, we had a I know it was a little chaotic of a of a top three discussion but you know it goes with the episode right I it feel does. like we've come out Chaotic with some episode. answers, maybe more questions, but at least I feel like <laughs> we're heading in the right path. I hope so. Hopefully the finale will help bring some things together and our chaos will have been well spent. <laughs> they are going to land the plane. They're going to land it. I hope so. I really, really feel it. I hope so. That's awesome. Okay, if no one else has any notes, we're going to move on to, um, we have some Easter eggs for this week. So I'll just go over these really quick because there aren't very many. So you guys get a little bit of a breather here. Um, I'll just jump into them. The first one that we have, and I forgot to write down the source, but it was from vulture.com. So um, I want to make sure I give a shout out to where I got these from. We've talked about them before, but um, these specific ones I got from there. So the first one is the Dark Tower. We've talked about it on and on. But the ninth episode's revelation that the creepy dude we've been calling the kid is really an alternate universe version of Henry Deaver has to recall the expanding narrative of the Dark Tower saga, which included the concept of the multiverse, a series of alternate realities, one of which even includes a writer named Stephen King. Yeah, I love that. God, that's... You know, Kristen, if you're ever feeling froggy and you really want to de- take a deep dive into the Stephen King world, you got to you got to read The Dark Tower. I've tried to check it out of the library, but because it became a movie, mm-hmm. it is never available. Yeah, don't watch the movie. Um, definitely just stick to the books. Um, I would re- I would recommend. But um, you know, it, it is an effort. It is a, a very long series um, of books, but well worth. And if you are uh, turning into a nut like the rest of us, I highly recommend it. Um, are they a series of books? Yes. Or are they like a series of? Books? It's it's like is it seven eight books? Something and like it's, that. Yeah. Are they the size yeah. of it? They're like four to five. They they, pages they go back each, and forth. Yeah. Okay. They go back All and right. forth. Some are 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 fairly standard. What you consider, but I mean, you know, when you check out a Stephen King book, it's about what three inches or something, three or four inches. Some depending on if it's a hardback or paperback. But I'm thinking like a paperback, big old thick Stephen King books, and you're looking at going, "Holy hell, I how am I going to read this?" I could kill a human being with needful things. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's a typical Stephen King book. So it kind of alternates. Some of them are shorter. Some of them are kind of longer. And it kind of depends on the format that you get it. Some of the hardbacks or paperbacks or if it's a paperback, but it's one of the the bigger, longer pages versus the shorter one. If you know if you if you get what I'm saying. Um, Yeah. But yes, it is a whole series of like seven or eight books. And it's a whole series, the Dark Tower series. Um, Okay. You want to talk about getting into some shit that'll. (laughs) <laughs> That'll put you in the middle of it. Um, another good one, a really great book, one of his best, was D- Dolores Claiborne, our next Easter egg. A few familiar businesses can be spotted as Henry, too, comes back to Castle Rock, including local watering hole, the Mellow Tiger. 
Uh, we've highlighted that spot before, but there's also a shot of something called Claiborne Creamery. Stephen King fans will recognize that surname. It's a nod to one of his very best books. Uh, the Man in the Black Suit. Uh, this short story was originally published in The New Yorker and later in Everything's Eventual. I love Everything's Eventual. I recommend that book of short stories to everyone. It's one of my favorites. Um, it includes a character who writes for a paper called The Castle Rock Call, which you can spot as Henry II comes back into town in this episode. It's a phenomenal short story, one of King's best, and it won the O. Henry Award for Short Fiction in 1996. Uh, the dark half, those damn birds in the woods. Every time Henry and or Molly flash to what feels like the space between universes or a version of the Todosh space for Dark Tower fans, they see dozens of birds in the sky. Anybody who's read The Dark Half will never forget the birds. Um, this last one is Thomas Newman. Um, so they say we haven't mentioned this one yet, but the great use of score in Henry Deaver brings it to mind. Thomas Newman, a 14-time Oscar nominee who got his... Uh, first Academy Award nod for The Shawshank Redemption. Um, he also did some work on The Green Mile. He does the score for the opening credits. It's not exactly a direct King reference, but he likely was called because of his connection to one of the most popular films based on his work. But that was cool. This, the music that they've used, the score, and then like the music that they've used is just been amazing in this whole series. I'm I'm a big fan of the use of music, so... Anyway, that's all the Easter eggs that we have for this week. Did you guys have any Easter eggs that we haven't talked about yet or anything that, that um, we didn't talk about them too much in, in our discussion? There wasn't really too many, but did you guys have any others that you wanted to bring up? None that I caught. I'm, I'm, I've been pretty bad about catching Easter eggs in this. That's why I like our little Easter egg section where other people tell me what I missed. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I didn't catch any, no. I got Dolores. I got the Dolores Claiborne one. Good. I felt pretty good about that one. Good. I was like, Claiborne Creamery. <laughs> oh, that's a Stephen King book. <laughs> yeah. I know that. See, and then you don't have to feel like such a newbie anymore, right? Because you knew that. So see, I know I have to, sometimes I don't get everything either. So I, I write down the ones that I catch, but then I always go look for, for more because I feel like you get you can get so caught up in the story, which it's not about the Easter eggs. Stephen King said it himself. He's like, don't worry so much about the Easter eggs. Yeah. Just in, he's like, it's a great story, characters and things. Just in, sit back and enjoy the story. Don't worry about, you know, all the little nods to my work. Um and, and, and I'm doing it right. Yes, you are doing it right. <laughs> See, so that's it gives you that fresh perspective because then you're not, you know, you're not looking for them. You're not clouded by it. You could just go in with this fresh perspective. That's why I really wanted to get your thoughts on on the show. So who wants to start off with the first listener feedback? We've got our letters from Shawshank. So who wants to read our first letter? Uh, I can jump in on the first one if you want. Okay. Uh, sure. So this first one comes from Jillian Moreau. So, wow, that episode was not at all what I was expecting, and I'm completely lost but loving it. To quote my favorite sitcom, I have no idea what's going on, but I am excited. Uh, this alternate reality, alternate <laughs> timeline thing has me baffled. How does it all work? I really hope Paik leaves another voicemail for this episode, and I absolutely need to work through this with you guys because Confused doesn't even begin to cover it. Looking forward to your discussion. That's great. Thanks, Jill. I don't have no idea what's going on, but I am excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love Chandler Bing. Yep. <laughs> Kristen, you want to take the next one? Uh, sure. Maureen Favo says, the last question from Henry slash Bill, do you believe me, was striking. What to believe? So... 
I don't know that I have an answer for this question. I'm, I'm, what do you guys think? Do you believe him first? I'll just ask that. I, if I say yes, I wouldn't be surprised. If I say no, I wouldn't be surprised. That's kind of the, <laughs> the genius of shows like this. Yeah. I, I believe him. I'm I'm choosing to believe him, but you know, I watched for the first time. I haven't ever watched it before and I, maybe I should have, but, and, and maybe I'm glad that I haven't because when I watch, they have like their little, um, insider clips and notes and things from this show that covers that current episode. And so I watched the inside this the episode. inside the episode. Yes. Thank you. That's yeah. what it's called. I watched it for the first time for this one. Cause I thought, well, I'm curious what someone else has to say about it. Mm-hmm. And it was the showrunners, and I, the, the, their names escape me. I don't have them in front of me, but the two uh, co-showrunners of the show said, um, you know, Hey, he asked this question. Do you believe me? You know, so does Molly believe him? It's open for interpretation and whether or not the audience believes him or not, which I, that really kind of pissed me off because I thought I don't want it to be left open to interpretation. I want this to to be true. I don't want this to be like a scam. I don't want this to be a story of him trying to get, you know, that he really is bad and he's trying to get out of something. I want it to be true. Everything that's, that's happened. I don't want any more twists that, Oh no, now he's really bad. He, you know, you think you're on the path of good and he just wants to get back to his, his pregnant wife, you know, or his maybe pregnant wife and back to his life that he had. I, I want all that to be true. I don't want it to be, Oh nope, he's really bad. And he's just throwing everybody and bullshit and everyone. He, 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 you know, I don't yeah. want any of that. I think if he was lying, it probably would have just been like disposition from him, like explaining all this stuff instead of like a whole episode showing it. Like, yeah. I feel like that would be a little bit too much of like for show for this TV series to do that. Right. Put all well, the effort into showing you everything. Be like, oh, it was just him talking about it. Didn't really happen. And well, and if you go if you go back to his very first conversation with a Henry when when the two Henrys first talked to each other at mm-hmm. Shawshank, and he seemed very genuinely interested in. How many years are you? Has it started? Do you hear mm. it? Are you hearing it? Because I think that once that sound is heard, I think that there is a time limit. It's like a time, it's like a, a, a countdown. Yeah. And so he knows if Henry has shown up again. Like, I, I just think that Henry's showing, a, a Henry's showing up again and, and, and everything that's kind of happened has all kind of built up to this moment. And it's it, like, cause I've been doing a lot of reflecting on this. Uh, cause I'm unpacking my house right now. So I have a lot of time to think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really think that it, this has gone, he stayed pretty true to this, to this character and to this thread. Mm-hmm. And it, and it makes sense. It, it, it answers a lot of questions about Dr. Henry so I believe him. That, that That's my point. I believe him. I, I believe him too. And I think also, Kristen, you brought up a really good point before that if Molly touches him in this timeline that we know, will she then, you know, the same as when she did in the alternate timeline, touching young A. Henry and seeing this other timeline, will she in turn then touch B. Henry, Dr. Henry, and see the same exact thing, you know, this other life? Will she see herself dying? In the, she's already had a flashback of seeing herself dying in the woods. She saw that. And that's why she started popping all those pills. Um, so she has already kind of seen that, but will it then become, you know, that's, I think that's how we're going to know she's going to have to touch him. And then 
we're going to know for sure. Oh, geez. I don't know. Well, I, I believe me be too. Sad. I know. And I feel like as much as I want all this to be true and I want him to get back, this is, you know, it's not a true Stephen King work, but it's inspired and nothing ever ends on a good note. And <laughs> Stephen King novel. You know what though? I do want a good ending for Dr. Henry. I do. I want him to go back to, he's, he's <laughs> sitting in a cage suffered. for 27 years, ranted Bible verses by Warden Lacey, um, his pregnant wife, you know, or maybe pregnant wife, you know, I mean, it's, ugh. it's horrible. It's horrible what he's, what he's been through. And it makes yeah. it so much more of an impact when you see his reaction in the previous episode, when he's like, I didn't ask for any of this, you know, I got sucked into all this and look at all that's happened to me because of this. Um, just, I didn't even want to help you. Yeah. <laughs> let you out of that damn <laughs> basement. And my exactly. mom stabbed me. My mom stabs me. Alan Pangborn With betrays my own me. Damn screwdriver that I brought from my own time exactly. period. He brought the thing that stabbed him. Yes, and and oh my gosh, it's so much. Anyway, great feedback, guys. That was great. We've got a couple of voicemails too. Uh, the first one that we have is from Steve Brown. Wow, uh, second to last episode, and uh, I guess they are confirming the whole alternate realities thing uh, that the kid the Shawshank prisoner is from another version of the same universe that we're in um, alternate Molly seems to not uh, be a drug user apparently um, and either she has gotten control of the shining or she's just now finding it out uh, I thought it was cool that Alan and Ruth are in Florida in that version of the reality I kind of like that um Molly, uh, when Molly touched uh, the Henry from the new reality, I verbally said, uh-oh, because I knew something bad might happen. But uh, again, we just saw her experience the, the shining with him. Uh, it was great to see Officer Zaleski again, even though he was in a different kind of different role. But to see that character um, was, was amazing. Uh, side note, I hate, 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 hate when TV shows or movies have police officers fire up in the air because it just it's I, I know it's we got to suspend our disbelief a little bit but come on gravity bullets come down and they come down just as fast as they go up and they're just as dangerous so don't shoot up in the air people please no matter what you see on tv I, i'm uh, interested to see where it's going to go from here because they've introduced this kind of time travel aspect of it because we see that the alt Henry Deaver, who is the Shawshank prisoner, traveled back in time, apparently, uh, when Henry was returned to the reality that we've known for eight episodes. I, my head's going to explode. Anyway, can't wait for next week and can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Thanks. <laughs> Everybody that watches Castle Rock, everybody's heads are just going to explode. We're just, we're good for nothing. I love it that everybody, it, it it's funny because he started off really strong. Like he's like, I got something to say. I'm going to say it and it's going to be awesome. And at the end he's like, you know what? I've completely walked myself into a, into a corner. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking because I'm done. Exactly. That's where I felt like I this whole time that we've... T- on this one. That's where I've been. I feel like this whole time that we've all been talking, it's like, I don't even know what I'm saying. I, I don't think I'm making any sense at all. I'm just going to shut up. Cause I, yeah. 
<laughs> because then you go down a rabbit hole, and if people are like, "Yeah, yeah, run with it," you're like, "Well, okay, okay." Run with <laughs> you want to listen to me? I got something to say. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of it, you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to be committed." Yeah, I'm going to be committed. <laughs> I know. Then this makes sense. We're all going to be um, in cages and basements. They're just going to lock us yeah. away. We're going to be in Juniper Hill. That's awesome feedback, Steve. Thank you so much. You're not alone, man. We are right there with you. Um, we have one more voicemail this week, and it's from Peg. He didn't let us down. He's gonna. We're gonna see what he has to say. So, hey, Rima and Sean, it's Peg here. Um, I wasn't gonna leave a voicemail this week, so I was just gonna leave some like Facebook feedback. But then I was reading through it, and I saw that Jill really wanted me to leave a voicemail. So, because I love you, Jill, I will leave something. <laughs> Um, so yeah, just finished the episode, uh, at first, like, for like the first half of the episode, I was like, there's no way they're gonna wrap this up in one more episode after this, but I think, I kind of see what they're trying to do with this, still, it's gonna be weird to see how they fit it all into one episode, one more, but I say we did get a lot of answers this episode, but... Not any in the way that I think anybody expected. I mean, I've seen some theories that pointed towards some of these kinds of things, but I think it's going to catch... I think this caught pretty much everybody off guard for what we were expecting them to maybe do with this. The fact that Bill Skarsgård's character really is, from the first episode, when they ask him who he is and he says, Henry Deaver, he wasn't lying. I mean, he is... He has been Henry this whole time, and it makes a lot of other things make sense, like him sitting inside the shed watching the old tapes and knowing you know, all these different things about the Deaver's life is because that is his life. That's he, He's lived that, and he, he is Henry Deaver. He's had that life and that family and those experiences. So I guess just his weird, creepy vibes were just him coming out of kind of this weird stupor of being in a cage for 27 years, the same way that the young uh, Andre Holland, Henry Deaver, did in Bill Deaver timeline. (laughs) It's confusing. How are you supposed to explain these characters when there's just so many crossovers? I don't know. Anyway, I really loved it. I thought it was a complete mindfuck in so many ways, yet very enjoyable I'm excited to see what they do with this uh, season finale and see how they wrap all of this up. And there's still a lot of answers, or a lot of answers needed, a lot of questions that need answered. So I'm excited to see how well they they tie it up. Really excited to see what you guys have to say about this episode. I I feel like this one can be really, you know, deeply dove into. So. I'm excited to hear all of your interesting ideas and thoughts. So, yeah. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thank you, Peg, for not letting us down and for giving us another voicemail. Don't let us down for the finale. Yeah, it's coming up. I oh. I don't even know, people. I don't even know. I'm excited. I'm super. Oh, I'm super excited. I just don't even know. I feel that's what's. You know, as much as I think this is a great binge show, I do appreciate the fact that we've got a week to take, you mm-hmm. know, reflect, take it in. You could even watch it another time if you wanted to and see what else you get from it or go back and watch a couple episodes knowing what you know now. And Paik mentioned a really, and, and I think Steve did too, both of them, and I, I didn't have it in my notes, but I thought of it. Um, 
while I was watching is he did tell people who he was after they released him out of the cage. Now we thought he was just asking for Henry, but Warden Lacey did tell him, ask for Henry Deaver. That's true. So now that, why, that was a why did he do that? Why did he do that? What was up with that? Because Warden Lacey is evil. <laughs> he is evil. I'm telling you, him and D- uh, Matthew Deaver both evil men in blocks They're up the same person. people in cages <laughs> because they think they know what God is telling them or something. Um, gosh, that was some really great feedback uh, from everyone this week. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to leave your voicemails, uh, to write us um, on Facebook and, and your emails. Um, everything's fantastic, and I love reading everyone's perspective. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's going to take all of us to figure out what the hell's happening. So <laughs> I love everyone writing in. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right. So- I, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Yeah, anytime. Thank you so much for coming on, Kristen. Um, I always get a kick out of talking to you and we, when we podcast together. It's always so much fun. And, you know, Sean and I have kind of kept a lot of this to ourselves a lot. We don't let too many people venture <laughs> on that often. We, we kind of keep to ourselves. So it's super fun to ha- have you on. And, and I'm glad that you took the time. And thank you so much. Will you tell people again how they can find you and where they can hear you? Uh, yeah, you can hear me on We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited. Um, we are uh, closing out the first season right now, so things are getting interesting on there. Uh, you can go, uh, and then you can go and uh, like our page, House Podcastica, for all of the Game of Thrones rewatch news um, and when we'll be starting that podcast back up. Yes, so excited. House Podcastica. House Podcastica. Awesome. Do it. Yeah. And I'll be having Rima and Sean on my podcast or on the on that podcast um, in the coming weeks. Heck yeah. Oh, God, I can't wait. So we'll have to do this all again. Yeah. I know. I know. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we've had time to meld our brains back after watching this series that we can kind of get back into some Game of Thrones yeah, speak. Game of Thrones will be super easy. <laughs> I know. Like, oh, we got this thing figured out. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Right. That's awesome. Thanks again, Kristen, for being on. All right. So next week, we'll be covering the 10th and final episode of Castle Rock titled Romans with a very small description of some birds can be caged. Oh, what does that mean? Romans. I feel like we could talk about that sentence yeah. for like the next 30 minutes. I know. We could easily have a whole separate side podcast, like a bonus episode, talking about that alone. Yeah. We could totally do that. Um, and if you're going to do that and, and and you know, if you're going to travel with us to Castle Rock uh, while visiting us, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can check us out on Instagram uh, at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like Walking Dead Cast at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. And make sure that you check out Sean in his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday, which is super fun to listen to. It is super awesome to listen to.
Oh, you guys. It's my favorite romance. You guys romance. don't have to say that. No, it's my favorite okay. romance. It's actually super lame. Just, <laughs> no, it's really fun. I've listened to it. It's it's really fun. You guys have a good energy. We they try. Do. They Clearly friends. <laughs> Clearly friends. Clear bromance in both timelines. <laughs> it works. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 55, Henry Deaver. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And I'm Kristen. And Paik Allen is strange indeed. <laughs>